you when you need to know what's happening, it's 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 time to get in the huddle with Carl Duke, Brian Baldinger, and Jason Lacanfora. Back for another edition of In the Huddle, Baldy man. I, I got to start with this Raiders thing. Yep. What a mess. Yeah, I mean, a mess. I mean, you 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 think you're getting the right guy in Josh McDaniels. Uh, Baldy, you may have more insight into this. I heard they had a, a meeting with Mark Davis, the owner, maybe last week. There was a heated exchange. Then you find out, you know, after you go lose on Monday night, they fire the the GM and the coach late overnight, basically. All right, so how does Mark Davis go about this now? Where where does he go, and how do you turn this thing around? And by the way, I feel bad for guys that are balling out and kicking butt like Max Crosby on that team. Guys that are, you know, Devontae Adams, super frustrated. Yes. But, but where do they go? Well, you know, I thought um, I thought the fact that, you know, they got crushed by Detroit in Detroit, where, you know, Detroit seems to be doing everything right. They've got their coach in Dan Campbell. They found their quarterback in Jared Goff. He lines up every week. They've been nothing but drafting good young players and developing them. And, and they're, that's what the Raiders were supposed to be doing, Carl. And here's the Detroit Lions just taking them apart. And their hand-appointed quarterback, remember last year they sent Derek Carr packing before the season ended, which I'd never seen before. Sure. You know, get out of the building, get, you know, go find another team. And they handpicked Jimmy Garoppolo, which was has been a disaster. He's played as poorly as any quarterback in this league. And so I just thought the contrast for Mark Davis, looking at what the Lions are building, which is considerable, versus what his team is, and then the body language and everything else. Um, like, I, I thought they had a clean house. But where do they go, Carl? Like, I, I don't know what Antonio Pierce is going to be. I, I played for a coach that got fired with the interim head coach. Like, you might get a little pop. And I'm not saying Antonio Pierce can or cannot do it. But, you know, the Raiders did this before, you know, and they they hired Richard Bisaccio when Gruden got let go. And he seemed to kind of right the ship and steady the group, and they liked him. And then they blew everybody up. I mean, I think they got to start literally square one. And, you know, I'm, I understood that they had assets that they could have sold off, uh, you know, on the 31st. But they were so busy doing all of this, you know, and, you know, taking cleaning the front office out, cleaning – you know, the coaching staff out, Mick Lombardi, you know, along with uh, Josh, that they, they really couldn't take any phone calls. That's that's kind of what I heard. But I think they've got to, like, they've, they've got to, like, literally start square one, uh, you know, with, with a new coach and a quarterback, you know, and, and really, I mean, coach and Caleb Williams, if that was it. But I just can't see them turning this thing around right now with Antonio and anything else that they're doing. And, you know, again, I know Max loves being a Raider. You know, you think about trading assets and, and maybe acquiring more picks. They, You said it. They, they didn't do that. Let's talk about the trade deadline and tell me what you thought about the moves that were made. Commanders trade away. Guys, they spent high draft capital on and Chase and Montez Sweat. Obviously, those guys are sitting right there. Tell me what you thought about the trade deadline moves. I I didn't have any problem with what they did with Chase because they, they they had to if they were going to keep him, they're gonna have to give him a contract like they gave Deron Payne mm. last year. And they gave Deron Payne a contract. He had a good year. Um, you know, it's a hundred million dollars going rate for these guys plus. And so I thought they would have a hard time holding on to Chase. And because he hasn't played great since his rookie year, he's he's playing a little bit better right now. The last couple of weeks he's come on. 
Um, I think it's going to be a good spot for him in San Francisco. They need a guy right now. They're not playing well up front. I think he could give them some pop. They have a good defensive line coach and, you know, Kacarek. So I think that's going to help them. I just didn't understand losing Montez Sweat. I mean, you go into the draft this year, you're not like the chances of Montez Sweat being there in this draft. And I haven't studied it, you know, Carl, so I'm not positive. But Montez Sweat is a really good player. He stays healthy. He's big. You talk to guys like Lane Johnson, guys have to play against him. He's a handful. He plays the game the right way. Like that's a to lose Montez and you get a second round pick for him. I, you're not gonna you're not gonna spend a second round pick and find Montez Sweat. Now you could say, okay, we got to build up the offensive line. We've got to fix other issues. You know, we might have to go find a quarterback. You know, so they're just preparing for kind of a rebuild. But I thought that was that was tough to lose Montez. And look, Chicago, I don't know what Chicago is doing exactly. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, last year, Jaquan Brisker, the safety, rookie safety, led him in sacks. This year, T.J. Edwards, their middle linebacker, leads him in sacks with two. Like, they don't have a pass rush, you know, animal out there. They just don't have that guy. Montez Sweat could be a cornerstone, you know, if, if they keep this regime and they stay the course. He uh, is a kid that uh, is, I say kid, he's a guy that's from Atlanta, mm. uh, wanted to come back to Atlanta and Baldy, I was talking to his people this week in his camp. And, you know, last Sunday I was up at the, the Titans Atlanta game and I get a call from one of his guys saying everything is true. Falcons are all in. They're trying to get a deal done. Mm. And then we find out <laughs> trade deadline day, which was Tuesday, that the Bears swept in and offered a better deal. And additional picks, obviously, you know, the pick was higher. And so the, they made the, the commanders made that deal instead of going and, and allowing him to be traded to the Falcons. But it was this close. And to your point, trying to upgrade your D line, something Atlanta needs to do. But yeah, the Chicago thing, I'm not sure what, what that's going to look like. And I agree with you. I mean, you, you've upgraded from a, a talent standpoint. There's no doubt. Baldy, uh, I got to ask you, too, as we talk about changes that have happened around the NFL, before we get into some of the games, guys, yeah. what's your breakdown on Will Levis? Why did he have so much success last week in his first NFL start? Did you watch? I know you did. You watch them all. But did you see something specific that allowed him to have that kind of success? I don't think anybody thought that was going to happen. No. Um, look, I remember when Will went to the combine in Indianapolis this year and, you know, they, you know, whoever a sideline reporters interviewing him, you know, it's quarterback day, which is the biggest day at the combine. And he said he came there to show off his cannon, which is his <laughs> right arm. And that's what he did on Sunday. He showed off his cannon. Now that being said, you know, Derrick Henry had a good day, ran for over hundred yards. Um, uh, Spears had a good Tajay Spears, the rookie out of Tulane had a good day. Look good. They ran the ball real well, probably as good as they'd run it in a while. So then you get the big shot down the field against A.J. Terrell, you know, to D-hop. Now, I don't know if there was a push-off, but, you know, he, he gave him a chance to go get that ball. I thought that started his thing. But he saw the field very well off his play-action passes, um, and, and he didn't make any mistakes, didn't put the ball on the ground. The Falcons didn't particularly really harass him very much because they were off balance with the run game. But I got to tell you, Carl, the last throw to Nick Westbrook at Kine, like I'm not making any comparisons here, okay? I'm not being crazy. But John Elway used to have this rollout to his right and throw across the field at Mahad to Rod Smith or Shannon Sharp, whoever. Right. And the thing was just a cannon. It just went across the field. Nobody had an arm like Elway. And he threw that last touchdown pass 
to Westbrook and Kine, and it reminded me of Elway. Mm. Like that throw, roll to your right, set your feet, and just unleash it and let you know the receiver go get it against double coverage. That was a big time throw. It was. You know, he hit the shell across to, to DeAndre, and he hit the go ball to DeAndre, got behind the defense. Like, look, not everybody can. I, I see guys miss these go balls, including Desmond in Atlanta, all the time. Yep. He hit three of his. He hit three go balls. Now, he also missed three, but the, the fact is they kept attacking. And they just, that's his game. The yeah. deep ball is his game. And if you're running it the way they're running it, like it, it's going to open some things up. And it was just the perfect storm. Yeah, kid looked really good, man. I I, uh, I I was very impressed. While we're talking about quarterbacks, Brian Gutekinds, the general manager in Green Bay, came out and said that yeah. uh, they need more time to evaluate love. How much time, Baldy? I mean, for me, you know, one of my phrases is, can he play? Either yeah. you can play or you can't play. And I'm like, how much more time do they need to evaluate love? And by the way, is this all him? And what you've seen here now over the last seven weeks where either he's not getting rid of it, he's not seeing the field, or whatever it might be. Well, I mean, they're another one of these broken offenses right now. Now, they have a lot of youth. But there's a play in the game last week early where it looks like it's an automatic check at the line of scrimmage. And Jordan Love takes a snap and he looks to his right and he's ready to throw. And neither receiver on the side is – they're just running go routes. Nobody's even looking for the ball. And he has to eat it, and he takes a sack. And I go, well, that's bad communication right there. Like, how is that happening in week eight? But it's happening. You know, and then he's got – nobody has a younger core around him. Um, Jaden Reed's a rookie, and Musgrave's a rookie, and they've got all these young guys. And, you know, Watson's in and out of the lineup. Romeo Dobbs looks like their number one player. But it's just so young. Like, Gutekinds isn't wrong saying we need more time to evaluate. Because I think there's time for Jordan to turn this thing around. But meantime, you know, to score 10 points and the defense is playing pretty good and sacking the quarterback and putting you in tough situations, um, and they can't they can't take advantage of it. It's just frustrating to watch. And there's there's half a dozen offenses, you know, they're the Giants and the Raiders, and you know, these there's just a half a dozen offenses. They're just hard to watch. And Green Bay's one of them right now. Yeah, I, I don't know where that goes, but it's but, but I would say this though, Carl. Like, there's no reason for Gutekinds to come out and say that publicly. There's just none. Like everybody knows he's like the offense is struggling. Exactly. But sometimes you say those things because you're so frustrated, you're like, I can't live with this anymore. Yeah. You know, and look, they've been spoiled by Favre and, and you know, and Rogers for you know the better part of 30 years. They know what good quarterback play looks like. Maybe he's on a short leash, Carl. Maybe he is. Yeah, I, I was going to say I don't know where it goes, Baldy, but I think I think they may be back in the quarterback business in the fall, in the spring, should I say? And that may mean uh, you know drafting one uh, and trying to go find another quarterback. It's uh, in the huddle, guys. Carl Dukes, put him up along with my man Brian Baldinger. Check out Baldy's breakdowns. Jason Lock on forward part of this podcast as well. We talk all things NFL. Subscribe, like us, tell your friends about us, and you can watch us as well on YouTube at In the Huddle Pod. Um, Dolphins Chiefs, let's look ahead to some of the games because I think there are probably four games that I really want to see this weekend. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's one of them. Um, and it happens to be in Frankfurt. So we get up early, Baldy. We get a chance to see what's going on overseas. Tell me what you think, because the Chiefs coming off of a loss. I just, listen, when this happens, I'm always leaning Chiefs, right? I'm always going, 
Andy Reid off a loss. Patrick didn't play necessarily well. You just know that's not going to happen two weeks in a row, I feel like. So the Dolphins um, are certainly playing better defensively. But I think this is the best Chiefs defense that Patrick Mahomes has had. And the evidence is there, right? I mean, they're playing great. Well, look, last week the Chiefs turned the ball over five times, Carl. Five times. So they the Denver scored because they were constantly on a short field. I mean, there's a fumble at the 10-yard line. You know, a couple plays later they score. I mean, the defense was put in some bad spots last week against Denver. And meanwhile, when you turn it over five times and you only have 10 possessions, like, it's not a secret that they got shut out of the end zone. Like, I just can't see that happening two weeks in a row. So, you know, they'll they'll go back and fix a lot of those things. Now, Miami's defense, um, you know, we talked about it with Nick. Like, they're going to – Jalen Ramsey made a difference last week. Javon Holland is back. He's as good a free safety as is in football. Xavier probably lines up in place. Jalen Phillips has woken up. Like, he's on his game now. Like, they've got a lot of pieces defensively. I think the score is going to be down. Um, but I do like – I like Miami just because I, I think that – you know, the speed that they have and the way that they're playing defensively, like I think the Chiefs who have been struggling throughout the season really yeah. to put up big numbers. Right. You know, I mean, we remember when they would score four touchdowns in the second quarter against the Raiders. And it was just – but I, I just don't see those type of players. I don't see it from Marquez Valdez-Scantling. I don't see it from Sky Moore. I don't see it from Cardarius Tony. Like maybe Rishi Rice gives him a little bit. But they need more – than Travis Kelsey. And I just, like, I've seen it all year. They have struggled, and I think they're going to continue to struggle. What if Taylor Swift's at the game? I mean, maybe she'll be the half-time performer. Because <laughs> apparently they don't lose when she shows up. Well, I, I thought it was pretty funny at the end of Denver last week, you know, they were playing Taylor Swift music. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. The crowd that was celebrating, they're their finally, they break through and beat Patrick Mahomes in a game. Seahawks Ravens another game that I'm looking forward to uh I really like this Ravens team the more I watch them the more I watch them defensively how they're getting after the quarterback how they're pressuring I mean even when they're not getting sacks Baldy they're getting quarterback hits and no I was gonna say and and to me that that's that is why I like them this weekend against Geno go ahead so no like I, I saw Seattle last week uh you know against Cleveland and, you know, they, they, they ran up, they, they scored early, they're up 14, nothing. looks like it's going to be a blowout. And then the offense went to sleep for two and a half quarters until the end of the game. You know, it's interesting. I know, you know, Chuck Smith. Yeah. And, you know, Chuck got hired by the Ravens this year. And, you know, I've talked to Chuck this week and I'm going to see him. I'm, I'm going to do the game this weekend in Baltimore. I'm going to go see Chuck. Um, you know, they lead the league in sacks. Yep. And Chuck Smith is a specialist. And, I, I, I never thought that somebody would go hire him, but Baltimore did a great thing. And if you look at, you know, mm-hmm. look at Genevieve Clowney and how he's playing this year. Like, he's playing the best football he's played in five years. He was on the street. Anybody could have signed Genevieve. You look at the development of Justin Matabike in his third year. He's becoming a dominant force. You look at Michael Pierce coming back. Um, you look at even Adafi Owe and how he's playing. Like, they're becoming better. It's not just blitzes that's getting home and sacking these quarterbacks. Their front is getting and developing, getting better. That's being said, I think they're going to give Seattle some problems up front. But I just love Lamar. L- Lamar is just <laughs> – this thing is working, Carl. It's working. Yeah, yeah it is. And, you know, it's 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 interesting to me. Somebody brought this up. You know, 
there was a time we talked about it on a podcast back in, I don't know, when Lamar was having contract difficulties. Like, why wouldn't Atlanta sign him? Right. I mean, anybody could sign him. And they're like, oh, we're good. We're good. Okay. If you put Lamar with the Atlanta Falcons right now, they're the favorite to win the Super Bowl. If they had done that. Right. But Lamar right now, the frustrating thing for me watching Lamar is he's making it look so damn easy. Like, it, it, he's having so much fun out there. And, you know, the touchdown throw to Mark Andrews, I, I posted it this week. It's got 2.6 million views. The throw is ridiculous. Like, you know, he's getting hit, his legs up in the air, and he's just kind of <laughs> winging it on a yeah. perfect throw to Andrews for a touchdown. Not many people could ever even think about doing that. I like I like Baltimore in the game, but I think Seattle – Seattle's interesting, though. They've got 15 rookies on the active roster, 15. And you watch Jake Bobo and Jackson Smith and Jigba. They're both scored touchdowns in each of the last two weeks. You look at Devin Witherspoon and what he's doing. Jamal was getting healthier at safety. Like, they've got a chance to be really good. And they might win the NFC West. Like, it's going to be a good second half. But I don't know if they they get by Baltimore this week. I'm with you. Uh, I I am starting to believe, like, for for whatever reason, uh, that this thing is going to go have to go through Baltimore in the AFC. Uh, speaking of the AFC, listen, Bills and Bengals will have something to say about that. And they play Sunday night this weekend in Cincinnati. Joe Burrow's just special, man. I mean, I, I'm watching last week, Baldy, against the 49ers, and, and it's surgery. I mean, it's just yeah. – guys, if you're not familiar, I think he, he had two or three incompletions. I mean, Joe Burrow was un- – Four incompletions and three touchdowns. Unbelievable last week. I mean, just – Wherever he wanted to go with it, he was putting it there. So he's back, okay? He's he's good. All the injury concerns, I'm not worried about anymore. And now here come the Bills on Sunday night. I just think right now this is what the Bengals do, right? It seems like the last few years they lose the first couple of games and all of a sudden they go on a run. And right now I think they're on their run, Baldy. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. That performance by Joe Burrow in San Francisco was legendary. I mean – you know, if Joe Montana was watching that or Steve Young was watching that, their mouth would drop. Yes. They would go, they would say to themselves, gosh, have I ever looked this good in a game? <laughs> like those two legends would, would probably say the same. That's probably what they would say. Like there's a play, and I and I kind of described it. It's easier to escape from Alcatraz as it was to escape from this pass rush to the 49er. Every single 49er had their hands on Joe Burrow behind the line of scrimmage. And the final one was Nick Bosa, and he just pushed Bosa off him. Yep. And then he pirouetted as Fred Warner is making a BB to him and blasting him, and he makes a perfect throw to T. Higgins. And you go, I don't know who else could do it. Josh Allen, maybe. Like, this could be a great quarterback duo, duel, uh, you know, the way Josh played in the last game on Thursday. But, I, you know, it, it's interesting. You know, they went out and they plucked Rasul Douglas off the Green Bay roster, you know, at the trade deadline. And it was a great move. Rasul's like he was drafted in Philadelphia. It didn't work, really work out here for him. It's really worked out in Green Bay for him. Like he is a zone corner. He's long. He's six foot three. He's got great ball skills. He's actually a perfect fit for Buffalo. I don't think Kyir uh, Elam has worked out for them. First round pick. It happens. But I think Rasul is a perfect fit. And I think like that signing was noteworthy because they're they're telling you, look, we lost Tredavious. We haven't replaced them. We need a corner. We're a zone team. We've got good safeties. We've got a good front. We need an, 
So Rasul will be out there playing some. I don't know if it's going to make a difference against Burrow. When when Jamar said a month ago, I'm open, I'm always bleeping open. He wasn't lying. He wasn't living. Like he's always open when Joe Burrow is healthy like he is right now. Yeah. Uh, and let me ask you about this. When we talk about the Bills, I don't know if you heard what Tom Brady said on his podcast. Let's go. But he was talking about uh, Josh Allen. And he said, I wish Josh wouldn't put himself in danger as much as he does. I know he, you know, can run. We know that. And I'm paraphrasing here. You guys can go check it out. But, you know, Brady dropped an F-bomb basically saying, dude, you're putting yourself in blanking danger when you run the way you do. And then Josh Allen came back and said, look, I, I respect what Brady's saying, but sometimes I have to do these things and I'm trying to win football games. Listen, Tom Brady can make those statements. Tom Brady didn't have the ability that Josh has. And he's not, you know, and Tom Brady had longevity because he did protect himself. But this offense doesn't look anywhere near as good when Josh Allen doesn't run. They need if, he, if he tries to legislate against injuries like Brady is suggesting, if he tries to legislate against it and he doesn't run, this offense gets stuck. He has to run and take off and move for this offense to be dynamic. And I respect Josh. And look, it might happen. He might get knocked out, concussed. I don't know. But – when he takes off, this offense becomes dynamic and they become much more difficult to defend. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's a different situation, but it was respectful uh, in the way that he came back at Brady, knowing, you know, he's talking to the GOAT, but it was like, look, I got to do these things. We'll yeah. see how much of that he does against the Bengals. Listen, I think that's the only way they win this game is he gets more involved. He doesn't need to lead him in rushing, but he might, but he's got to get involved in putting that pressure on the, the Bengals' defense and escapability and, and, and making first downs. Uh, as we talk about the games we're very interested in, by the way, and uh, the other one is at, at 4 o'clock, Cowboys-Eagles on Sunday. Yeah. So uh, it's Eagles 7-1. and one. They haven't lost a home game. Here come the Cowboys off of a big win against the Rams. And, you know, you can, you can put that in perspective how you want. It's the Rams, and they have a lot of things going on. But the Cowboys blew doors, and they feel good about themselves coming in here. And it would be better, you know, with a win than coming in here with, a, with a, you know, having lost last week. But with that said, I thought Dak Prescott looked as good as he's looked all season heading into this game against the Eagles. And I think that's important, Baldy, because of what we've talked about with Dak. This is another big spot for him to show in the division, hey, I can go on the road and make it happen. Yep, I agree. And a couple things happened last week for Dak. I mean, first of all, they fed CD all game long. I mean, CD had 12 catches. They targeted him 15 times, and he was awesome. He was really, really good. And CD is a great player. So when he, when I think, I feel like when Dak gets him going, and then, you know, Deron Bland gets another pick six, and Sam Williams blocks a punt for safety, and the defense is scoring, like this is a tough team to beat. They just are. Now, when that doesn't happen, and they don't get the ball to CD, and they're not scoring defensive touchdowns, they can get blown out like they have, you know, against San Francisco in some games. This is a tough spot for Dak. Um, but I will say this. The Eagles secondary has really been underwhelming to this point. Um, they went out and get Kevin Byard. Uh, Washington went up and down the field. Sam Howell threw four touchdown passes against the secondary. Like, Slay was gambling. He got beat over the top. You know, there's – but I feel like the Eagles, I probably say this every week, they're just so good in the trenches. Yeah. Like this yeah. is a tough game. This is a tough game for Dak. Like he's going to be under duress. And 
he's going to get hit. And I want to see how he reacts to it. And I feel like Jalen right now, even with that knee bruise that he has, and it's kind of slowing him down. Like, I don't know if anybody has an answer for A.J. Brown. Five weeks in a row, nobody has. <laughs> and they run a lot. They do a lot of things with him. Run a lot of different type of plays and schemes and stuff. RPOs. And it, and, you know, and then the Eagles have the ability just to run the ball. And to me, if you can run the ball against the Cowboys, it just negates their playmakers, Micah Parsons, Deron Bland. It negates their speed and their playmakers, Tank Lawrence. And I feel like the Eagles have that blueprint to be able to do this to Dallas. And then, oh, by the way, it's Sunday night in Philly. They're in the parking lot right now, Carl. It's <laughs> true. Eagles fans, they're in the like, there's a, I played on both sides of this rivalry. Like the only game that really Eagle fans care about, honestly, is the Cowboys game. Like any Cowboy fans that come in there with the Cowboy jersey on to that stadium on Sunday night, God bless you. C- come with, you know, wear some Kevlar. Like you're going to get attacked, you know, and I'm not saying this with any sort of, um, you know, mean spirit or anything. Sure. I'm sure. saying this is a tough place for the Cowboys to come to. Uh, I just want to ask about the Patriots and, and where this goes. They lost again last week to the Dolphins. They've won two games, Jets, Bills. We know this this season. And I keep looking at this situation and going, how does it get better for Bill Belichick? And now we've got all these rumors out there, Baldy, and you know how this stuff starts, right? There are teams that are going to you know, give up draft picks to try to trade and go get Belichick in the offseason. And we've got plenty of time to worry about that. we got to get through the season first. But – how does he even make this team competitive if he can? And if he can, uh, what, what changes? Because I'm looking at this roster. I, I just don't know what changes. Like, this is a bad football team. Like, it took me to this point in the season to, to really say, all right, he's going to get some things right. They're going to change something. It's a bad football team. Well, it starts with a bad roster. And, you know, I've said, like, you know, they should fire the general manager to keep the coach, <laughs> you know, but Bill does it all. And so you're just limited. Now, they have a, they had a great game plan two weeks ago against Buffalo. Yep. They executed it very well, and they beat the Buffalo Bills. So, you know, and look, it wasn't like Miami blew them out. But, you know, they had a hard time containing the speed of Miami. Um, you just look at the, the Miami roster, and you look at the New England Patriots roster, and you're like, well, one team is just considerably better. You just, just give the average fan the eye test. One team looks way better than the other team. The quarterback is better. The receivers are better. They're better skill on defense. The Patriots don't have Jalen Ramsey. You know, Javon Hall and Xavier Howard didn't play. But, you know, the roster is just better. And so how did they get to this roster? And they have to do everything right, and they can't turn it over. And they, But like, that's just a hard way to play. Well, we're not going to turn it over. We're going to do this. Like, you, you have to be aggressive in this league. You have to throw the ball down the field. You have to give – Sometimes you have to throw it in double coverage and trust your receiver to go get it. Um, the way the Eagles do to AJ Brown. It's just a very pedestrian looking roster. Yeah. And they're gonna have a hard time winning games in the second half of the season. I think so. Uh, by the way, uh, CJ Stroud, we haven't talked a lot about the Texans because, you know, again, they're they're in this season of of trying to figure it out. But man, I'm so impressed with CJ Stroud, Baldy. What what are you seeing on film with him? Well, I am too, and everybody is. Like, you know, the the, the arm is just – it's just golden. Uh, every throw, uh, he sees the field really well. Um, you know, I, I just – sometimes, you know, if you look at the legendary quarterbacks that we've all watched, Drew Brees, Brady, 
uh, Rodgers. Like, they threw touchdown passes to 70 or more different players. Like, the quarterbacks made the receivers. Because the receivers would leave New Orleans. They, they, they would leave, leave New England, and they didn't do anything. The quarterbacks made the receivers. And so I'm bringing that up because Nico Collins was there for two years, and he did literally nothing. Mm. And now you watch him with C.J. Stroud. He's their number one receiver. And he looks like a really dynamic player. And then you add Tank Dell in there, you know, Robert Woods, and you go, they've got what C.J. Stroud needs. And so the, the quarterback makes these receivers, and C.J. has done that. Now, they they slipped up a little bit last week. I, I give Bryce Young and the Carolina Panthers defense a lot of credit. But they were in it. You know, they had a chance to win that game many times. They just didn't make the plays. But they're on the right path in Houston. They got the right coach. Yep. They got the quarterback. They're united. Um, I really like what they're doing in Houston. I do too. I, I want to ask you this tonight. Uh, we, we really not have not talked about uh, the, the Titans Steelers game per se, but I want to ask you about this Matt Canada firestorm and it's building, right? It's getting bigger as the offense struggles and why isn't Pickett playing better? Uh, w- w- what happens here? Is it, is Matt Canada's play calling been that terrible? It's part of it, but it's not all Matt. I mean, I, I, I showed the first three plays of the game last week. He called three great plays. They uh, they hit Deontay Johnson down the middle of the field. They, it's just called divide. They split the safeties. The ball glances off the fingers of Deontay Johnson. A perfect throw, Deontay Johnson goes to the house. But, you know, Deontay also can catch the ball. He's got both hands on. You know, then they get a holding call. They go back 20. Then a third down, they, they have a, a chance to get a pickings and they don't make the throw. Um they have a, a play at the end of the second quarter um, down on the five-yard line of uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars to go take the lead. And Pickett just gets off the first read to Robinson on a stick nod. It's there to be made. He gets off too quickly. Then he comes to the backside, and he's too late to Deontay Johnson. Throws a, that the timing's off. And then the offensive line just got handled up front. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just describing a couple plays here, Carl. But like, is that all Mike Condon's fault? If the the left tackle is getting crumbled, the right tackle is getting you know bashed by you know Trayvon Walker. Like, you know, there's just they can't run the ball with any consistency at all. Like, is that just Matt Canada? Like, I understand like offensively they're a mess, but they got to execute some of these plays too. They're there to be executed. They are. Baldy, where are you at this weekend? By the way. I am in Baltimore for that Seattle Baltimore game. Ooh, yeah. Oh, that's right. You said you're gonna gonna meet up with some of the coaches there. Yeah, I that's gonna be a good one. Uh Barn Burner, I think it'll be a good game. I, I do like the Ravens as we talked about, but that's gonna be a lot of fun, man. You 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 uh you getting any rest by the way these days? No, none. <laughs> Actually last night I got some sleep, so I feel better today. Yeah, but it, it's been a challenge. I know it's hard, it's hard going to Seattle and you know, trying to get back with no sleep and jumping into the saddle and so that that's always so. This, like, I'm in Baltimore this week. I don't have to travel to the West Coast. It'll be a little bit better. Well, get get some rest, man, and uh, looking forward to seeing and hearing what you have to say about the game, yeah. Yeah. Uh, guys. Yeah. As always, subscribe to this podcast. We uh, we keep you updated on everything that's going on and talking about all the things around the NFL. Brian Baldinger, of course, Jason Lockham for a part of this podcast as well. Subscribe and uh, watch us on YouTube as well at In the Huddle Pod. Baldy, have a great call, man. We'll yeah. talk to you next week. You got it, buddy. Thank Enjoy you. Enjoy the games, everybody. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 